Uh, my name is Robert Clamfer. Uh, I'm a student of and an instructor under Bobby Tabwata in Balintawak, Arnice. And uh, currently, my, uh, my current stop in life is in Charlotte, North Carolina. What got you into Uh I was kind of a, I call it a martial arts hobo uh, for uh -huh. a long time. <laughs> uh, my first exposure to martial arts was when I was uh, 12, 13 years old. Uh, and I was introduced to judo at a summer camp. Uh, but, you know, growing up really didn't have the, uh, the means to, to study any martial art in particular. So I picked up, you know, pieces here and there. Uh, went into the military, uh, served in the Marines for a while, uh, and moved around a lot. So again, not a lot of time, but I ran across a lot of guys from different martial arts, so pieces here and there. Uh, and in my professional career, over a span of about 15 years, I moved 12 times. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I, I never really got unpacked anywhere. So a little bit here, a little bit there, uh, and I finally uh, landed in Charlotte, North Carolina. Always had an interest in the Filipino arts. I had limited exposure to them, uh, and I had made an acquaintance uh, via the internet, of all things, with a, a fellow named Sam Buat, who's out of Phoenix, Arizona, and, and Sam was a, a Balintawak guy from, from way back uh, in Cebu. And uh, I asked Sam if he knew of anybody in North Carolina that was teaching Filipino martial arts, and right away he referred me to Bobby Tabuata. Uh, so I, I'd been in Charlotte maybe two weeks. I hadn't <laughs> even unpacked. And I said, hey, this is my opportunity. I'm not going to waste any more time. Yeah. So I, I rang Bobby up, and uh, the rest is kind of history. That was uh, about five and a half years ago. Wow. What what drew you? Why did you? What drew you to the the Filipino arts? Uh, you know, as I as I had exposure to a lot of different martial arts, I, I very well not readily. Eventually, I came to the conclusion that uh, the way I, I advise people to, to select a martial art if they want to study one mm -hmm. is to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. You know, not to say this one's the best, that one's the best. You know, if you like kicking. Uh, find a kicking art. Yeah. You know, if you like uh, grappling, find a grappling art. You know, <clears throat> for me, uh, you know, I'm not the most flexible fellow in the world, <laughs> and I, I had an injury uh, back in high school that limited, you know, my ability to stretch and, and kick high. Uh, you know, a lot of the other arts, uh, you know, the, the soft arts for me are a little, little too soft. And, mm -hmm. you know, Former Marine, that kind of a aggressive type <laughs> yeah. of personality. So, uh, you know, my, my exposure to Filipino arts, just the, the practicality of it. Uh, you know, Filipino arts, um, you know, they, they were survival oriented arts. Mm -hmm. you know, right. There's not a lot of uh, philosophy <laughs> that goes into them sometimes, you know, yeah. and you're measured by your success. 
not necessarily your lineage. Yeah. You right. Know? So it really depends on the individual. Uh, I've always liked individual sports. You know, when I was in high school, I wasn't a team sport kind of guy. I wrestled in high school. You know? uh, so that really appealed to me. Uh, you know, and that, again, that was my thing. You know, I wrestled in high school, had a, a little bit of that grappling background. Uh, you know, the, the jujitsu, UFC type stuff just wasn't for me. I, mm -hmm. I like my ears the way that they are. You know? Yeah. Minus cauliflower, <laughs> and uh, yeah. pretty, pretty much everybody I know uh, that's ever done that that stuff for any length of time has hurt themselves, knees, ankles, separated ribs, and all that. It's true. As I age, I don't heal the way that I used to. You know, th th things linger. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what kind of drew me to it. What um, can you talk a little bit about the other martial arts you studied and kind of your your path to Balintawak? Man, I hit bits and pieces of all kinds of stuff. Uh, like I said, judo, uh, very limited exposure. You know, I never really achieved any significant ranking in any one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just kind of dabbling here and there. Uh, Kaioka Shinkai, Karate, uh, Masoyama's system, uh, had exposure to Shored Ru, uh, Okinawan Karate. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of uh, funny, you know, I, I ran into Shore and Rue, it seemed, everywhere I went, especially going into the military, mm -hmm. you know, where yeah. uh, you know, had a very large presence in Okinawa. Mm -hmm. So a lot of guys you know, sure. uh, exposed to that. Um, my first exposure to Filipino arts was a little bit of modern onis. And it was right near the end of my enlistment, as luck would have it, that uh, a guy transferred into my platoon uh, who had a passing knowledge of modern Onis. And uh, he showed it to me. I was fascinated by it. You know. But again, didn't have a lot of time you know, to sit down and study. He never achieved any, really, any significant rank. Uh, and then you know, once I left the military, I was bouncing around all over the place. So I was kind of on hiatus for, for quite a while. Uh, in 2000, uh, I moved to... Grand Rapids. Uh, when I got here to Grand Rapids, I immediately sought out uh, martial arts instructors. I figured I was going to be here on the ground for a little while. Mm -hmm. right. uh, and that's when I ran into Chuck Pippen and Don Young. And uh, Through Don, I had exposure to Combatan, uh, Ernesto Preces system. Mm -hmm. But then, true to form, 18 months later, <laughs> I was packing up again, yeah. and uh, then I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. So, yeah, no real significant ranking, but I did have a lot of exposure, yeah. bits and pieces here and there. You know. So, how did that affect you when you started? Then, uh, did did a lot of those things influence? Did you come in with an empty cup and say, "Forget all that, jump right into the blind walk," or some of that stuff you learned still hanging around? Uh, you know, since I didn't have uh, any really intensive training or background, I didn't have a lot of the stuff to train out of me. I didn't have mm -hmm. a much of an adjustment to make. Uh, so when I first started uh, training with Bobby Tablada, one of the first things that I told him, and I just complete clean slate, empty cup, whatever you want to call it, I said, hey, I'm here to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, this is my opportunity. Uh, I've always wanted to do this, uh, you know, to, to complete a martial art. Uh, so whatever it takes, you know, you tell me, you know, I, I'll never ask you to test, you know, if, 
you know, don't feel a need to, to test me. You know, if you, I'm not even going to ask you how long it normally takes a student to get to a certain level. Yeah. You know, I'll put, leave it with you. You yeah. tell me when I'm ready. Right. Uh, and that's when we started. You know? And uh, I was really eager uh, to get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys have talked to Bobby Tabata and, and he told you to, uh, the tip that Remy Crasis had given him about the appointment book and yeah. you know not letting people dangle or think about it yeah. for too long. I, I, I never forget, I, I called Bobby uh, at home and uh, he answered the phone very simply, Hello? Said, yes, I'm calling for Bobby Tabata. Yes. <laughs> I said, uh, Grandmaster Bobby Tabata? Yes. <laughs> Going to walk, Bobby? <laughs> yes. Kind of, you know, right. yeah, what do you want? Right. <clears throat> and uh, I, I asked him, I said, well, yeah, I introduced myself. I said, sir, I'm, uh, I just moved to North Carolina here in Charlotte, and uh, Sam Buat had uh, suggested I give you a call, and I'm calling to find out uh, if you're still teaching. And uh, classic Bobby, he said, man, that's all I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, I asked her, you know, are you accepting students? And he said, well, he said, yeah, but I, I need to meet you first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I said, okay, uh, you know, what, what's a good time for you? First mistake. Uh, he said, how about uh, 5 o'clock tonight? <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, yeah what are you going to say? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I called you, and that's uh, right. ah, not good for me. Right, right. right. Uh, so I said, okay. Um, so he gave me directions to his house, and uh, I went to his house, and I, I sat down probably about 45 minutes or so with uh, he and his wife and uh, just kind of talked about stuff in general. You yeah. know? And uh, right then and there, it was, okay, is tomorrow good for you? Wow. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I guess tomorrow's good for me. Yeah. And, it uh, works. Yeah, it, it does. That's, uh, when he told you the yeah, story, when I listened to that, I, I was laughing to myself. And I said, yeah, I'm proof positive it works. It yeah. worked on me. Yeah. Uh, so I was really eager. So when he asked me, he said, how many times a week do you want to practice? And uh, I, I knew very, very little about Blintuak. Because mm-hmm. uh, Blintuak, you know, Filipino martial arts kind of hard to come by in a lot of sure. areas. Yeah. Especially Blintuak. Yeah. Very obscure, even among uh, you know, big name small community. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, being eager, I said, well, I'll, I'll train every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looked at me and he just laughed and he said, I'll tell you what, he said, uh, how about we start out with just two days, mm-hmm. you know, and get into it. And, and it was a good thing he made that recommendation because he wore me out yeah. <laughs> the first couple of days. It was very intense, you know, starting sure. off. Uh, you know, that's what I told him I wanted, you know, when we first started, I, you know, just get in and go for it. So, <laughs> I mean, we got to see you and Bobby go, right? How are we doing on battery power? Do uh, no, I think we're going to be okay. Okay. Um, and you're very good. And I'm just wondering, I mean, are all other students of Bobby, I mean, are they, are they as good as you? <laughs> I mean, is that a quality is it, of... Is it a quality of teaching? You can't or, ask or, me a question like uh, that. <laughs> I guess the, the question really is: is that is there a is there a particular way in which Bobby teaches his students, or is it a particular talent of yours? Uh, you know, I I always tell people I have I would describe myself as having no 
outstanding physical attributes. <laughs> you know that you know some people have a natural talent. Mm -hmm. uh, I would not describe myself as having a natural talent for this. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's quite honestly, it, it was a lot of work. Right. Um, Bobby is an outstanding teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a teacher of teachers. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he has always ingrained is that the mark of a good teacher is if they are able to bring everything out of their student. That's Bobby's talent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you have average reflexes, stamina, strength, uh, he can bring it out. You know, he can teach you... Uh, in an incredibly efficient manner, you know, maximizing your training time. Uh, you know, I, I put a lot of work in mm -hmm. in the beginning. Uh, you know, Bobby has an instructional video series that uh, is truly instructional, mm. uh, not promotional. And uh, you know, I know to a lot of people it sounds like a sales job, but when I first started training with Bobby, I bought the video series. And I would practice along to that video series in between lessons, uh, which helped a lot in my early training. And again, my my focus in the beginning was specifically to take my time. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, put a lot of time in. I was very fortunate that you know I was there locally with Bobby. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had you know, being a single guy in those days. I had the time to put in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bobby's the kind of teacher that, you know, if, if a lesson is slated to go for an hour, if an hour has passed and he still has a point to make, we're going to keep going. You know? uh, he wants to make sure the student has it. And then after a while, as I progressed and I was being taught how to teach, mm -hmm. uh, we had through lucky timing, we had an influx of students to come in. So next thing you know, I'm doing six days a week. Uh, you know, I'd leave work at you know, 5, 5.30, be at Bobby's house at 6, and I'd leave his house at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And, you know, we'd run that six days a week. Uh, so it was very intensive. Um, you know, trying to compare, you know, Balintawak instructors to another, I mean, there are there are guys out there that are faster than I am. There are guys out there that are stronger than I am. Uh, guys have been doing it a lot longer. You know, there are other instructors of Bobby uh, that I look up to. Mm -hmm. You know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, certainly a number that helped me. You know, as I was coming up. Uh, you know, so yeah, in in their own ways and in individual ways, all the instructors have talent. Uh, Bobby would not uh, elevate someone to be an instructor if they didn't. You know? And again, he just has that ability. If you stick with it long enough, he'll bring that out of you. you know? So I, I tend to draw on him a lot uh, you know, when we do that demonstrations, that sort of thing. What was your experience the first time you started teaching? Ooh, it, it's tough. It, it's hard to teach. Uh, <clears throat> You know, I, I, I tell students when they get in, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a 
very, I'm not an intuitive teacher. I'm, I'm a technical teacher. And I, I blame that on my military background. <laughs> you know, everything had an enabling learning objective, a terminal learning objective. Mm -hmm. You know, everything has to be just so. Well, as I, I found out, uh, Filipino culture, that doesn't fly. <laughs> you know, no, no schedule survives intact. Um, and so I tell students coming in, I kind of, you know, give them a, a course. You know, hey, if you stick with it, here's how the progression works. And uh, by the time that you uh, are eligible to become a qualified instructor, you have gone through all the material three, if not four times. Because when you're a student, you're learning it. So you're going through it, you know, face forward. Then when you're learning uh, to feed uh, uh, the strikes and, and guide students through the techniques, you're learning it mirror image. Because now you're facing the other person. So you not only have to think about what you're doing, but you have to think about what the student is doing. Right. You know, so now everything's backwards. <laughs> so then, when you start to teach other people to be instructors, you're going over it again. Because now you have to teach them you have to teach the how to teach mirror image to someone <laughs> who's doing it face forward. Right. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of subtleties in going to walk. The basic curriculum is, on its face, it's very easy. Um, you know, Bobby is famous for saying that, you know, if he could sit down for a day or two, he could show you and you could demonstrate with a minimum of proficiency pretty much the whole curriculum. Wow. And, and that's, that's true. But to be proficient mm -hmm. at it mm -hmm. and to do it at speed uh, with precision you never stop learning that. You know, it's, yeah. it's through repetition yeah. that, that that all comes out. I've heard um, I've heard it tossed around that Bolintolox, the Wing Chun of the Filipino martial arts. <laughs> Wait, is that true? What do you think about that? It, yeah, it's funny you say that because other people have made that comparison, but anybody that I know of who has come from a Wing Chun background into Bolintolox. They say this is so much different than what we do in Wing Chun. <laughs> uh, and one example that actually very recently, uh, you know, Wing Chun, from what I understand, again, I, I don't have a background in Wing Chun, so I'm just kind of going by what folks have told me. Uh, when they move in, mm -hmm. you know, Balintz Walk is can be very linear and close quarters, which I think is where the comparison yes. of Wing Chun comes in. Okay. But you know, the, Wing Chun they teach press forward. Mm -hmm. right. They will not yield, mm -hmm. right? and a lot of times, once the hands go out in front, the hands stay out in front. Uh, in Balintawak, that's a recipe for disaster uh, because we're close and we have the weapon. You can get your knuckles you know? taken off. I'm well, sure. you, you add an extra, you know, two feet of yeah. wood yeah. onto the end of your fist, yeah. uh, and if you're not willing to back up. You know, when we're at, you know, when we're at arm's length distance, yeah. I can reach every part of your body, from head to toe, even the bottom of the foot as we've yeah. the bottom of the foot, yeah. with with a stick. Mm -hmm. uh, so at some point, you are going to have to give up ground. Uh, and one of the, the core concepts in Balintawak is that we always assume that the other person is skilled. Mm -hmm. 
that they're going to be able to defend and possibly counter some of what we do. So we maintain, even in offense, we maintain a very strong defense so that if we have to, we can, kind of in boxing terms, we can shell up okay. until we can get back on the offense. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means taking a step back. Mm -hmm. You know, you watch boxers, greatest boxers in the world, they step back. Mm -hmm. right. And they also learn how to hit yeah. while stepping back. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's one big difference there. Uh, and like I said, with the arms being out, um, it, if it's anywhere between your head and my head, it's subject to being hit. Sure. <laughs> so if you leave it hanging out there, it's going to get hit. Yeah. You know, so that, it's funny that you say that because like I said the Wing Chun guys, <laughs> this is so different. Yeah. But then other people say, well, it looks this, it looks so similar. Yeah, I've I've and, studied a bit of Wing Chun and it's it's very different. And yeah. actually, when we were doing the stick moves today. Um, I tried to do them with the Wing Chun uh, footwork because I just I thought I'd experiment with it. Doesn't work at all. <laughs> um, you just, a lot you, different. Yeah, and and there's you know one of the things that you were pointing out to me today was the the pivot of the foot, and so that you can get that hip rolled over, and that adds an incredible amount of power mm -hmm. to your strike. Uh, and so without that, it it just it seems very flat. Uh, it's basic body mechanics as well. You know, again, when you add that extra two feet mm -hmm. of weapon mm -hmm. from your fist, you know, especially at close quarters, which is where Balenciaga really shines. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've got to be able to twist your body sure. to be able to block because you know, standing you know, arms length distance, that, that stick can actually come around behind you. Uh, so you've got to be able to twist. And if your feet are flat, basic body mechanics, mm -hmm. if your feet are flat and you try to twist fully to one side, you run out of room. Your knees lock. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, and in right. addition to you know, possibly tweaking your knee, it's very uncomfortable and you simply can't make that, that move. So you know, a lot of guys look at that and they think, you know, Glenn's about power, power, power. But there is a whole lot more to it yeah. than that. I, I think that's I think that's yeah, pretty good. This that's, is gonna be stellar. Our is audience gonna be, is gonna go crazy. Yeah. So I think we're all set. <laughs> well thank you very much. Thank you very much sure, for, yeah, you're for answering the questions. I really appreciate it.